the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 930 AM, The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio on this April Fool's Day. I hope you're having a good time. I hope you're fooling your friends. We're not fooling with with you. We've got some serious stuff to talk to you about, my friends. We've got a packed show, so let me tell you real quick who our guests are. First of all, we've got Mark Morgan, who is the former Customs and Border Protection uh, Director under Trump. He uh, is going to chat with us about what is uh, going on in Washington, D.C., impacting this whole border crisis, what is good and what is bad, what's going on uh, uh, in, in the world of politics. After him, Bethany Blakely from uh, Center, Center Square uh, News Service is going to chat with us and tell us about uh, the uh, figures that she has come up with on uh, who is crossing the border, uh, the uh, number of terrorists uh, and, and criminals that are coming across. Then we've got uh, our friend Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd is a regular guest. He's got a new uh, book out. He's going to be chatting with us about it. Uh, he's also going to be telling us a little bit about um, the situation with the fake numbers that the Biden administration is now using to claim that uh, they are actually doing something about uh, illegal immigration. Our final guest, and this is somebody that you're going to really want to listen to, is Arman Alisad. He is a documentary film producer from Finland. He's been on our show before. He's going to be telling us, my friends, about the consequences of an open border that are being suffered by the Scandinavian countries. Yes, the Scandinavian countries had open borders, and now they don't know what to do with the, all of these illegal or all of these immigrants that came in that don't know how to assimilate or behave. So, without further ado, my friends, let's go to our first guest. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas, and we've got our good friend, Mr. Mark Morgan, the uh, former director of Customs and Border Protection uh, under Trump. Uh, he is now a senior fellow at FAIR, our sponsor, and I uh, wanted to get him on because uh, we've had some tragedies lately at the border, more so than usual. Uh, we've uh, had uh, two instances where people have been found dead inside uh, uh, train cars, as well as uh, on in Juarez on uh, Monday night, there was a, uh, a migrant in Mexico, in Juarez, who was, a, who was waiting to get permission to get across, who uh, thought it was taking too long, protested, set um, a migrant center on fire, and 39 people died. All of these things happening on the border, my friends, um, along with the regular no normal uh, car chases and people being found dead, people drowning, uh, children lost, etc., etc. Mark, welcome to the show. Tell us what is going on, how these tragedies continue. It's it's straightforward. And look, I'm, I'm not trying to be facetious here. This is not political for me, George. You and I have talked about it. You know this issue well. I know your listeners do. But this is a result. This is what happens when our administration, when this current administration, sends out the bat signal to the entire world. If you come to our borders, you will be processed and released in the United States never to be heard from again. It's that simple, George. They will do everything. They will risk their lives. They will forfeit their money. They will literally 
turn their lives over to the hands of the cartels and risk it all because they know at the end their goal they're going to be releasing the United States because of this administration's policies. And look, George, you, you and I, I, I just want to one, one kind of tweak to something you said about, you know, uh, that, that these tragedies. You know that that it's it's you know not happening every day, but but I gotta tell you these tragedies that they are we we just don't know about them all, and and we're not talking about them all. The mainstream media, this administration, think about this. It was that long ago where fifty three migrants died of asphyxiation in the back of a tractor trailer. Uh, just uh, ten days ago or so, the a cartel left a one year old baby at our border. Thank God a border patrol agent was there. We know what non government organizations said up to thirty percent of young women and children are raped or sexually assaulted on the journey up here. We know in the first twenty five months of this administration, CBP alone have recovered over fifty. 1,500 dead migrants. That doesn't include the dead migrants on the Mexican side or in the Darien Gap as they as they make their way through Panama. And it doesn't. It, we don't talk about the untold number of migrants that are also now been thrust in the life of trafficking and suffering all the tragedies associated with that. I mean, George, this is why it's so frustrating. There's no downside to securing our border. American lives will be saved, and the lives of migrants will be saved. It, it is a you know the situation with uh, the the tragedies on a daily basis. Uh, I'm glad you're, you're telling me that because the, uh, uh, the mainstream media just doesn't seem to report it. Yep. Just doesn't seem, and I, I get, I get uh, notes from folks in uh, states on the northern uh, part of the United States that listen to the show who never have heard of how bad the situation is. Yeah, George, that's exactly right, and I think that's one of my uh, one of my largest frustrations. Beside the fact that they really just dismantled every effective tool, authority, and policy we had to secure our border and protect our nation's safety and national security, but they're just lying about it. They're they're, they're not being honest with American people. Remember, this is a, a Secretary Mayorkas of DHS for two years has lied to the American people and said our borders are secure. We have operational control, and then ten days ago we heard from the chief of the United States Border Patrol. He's been doing this for about three decades. Was asked the question very straightforward again do we have operational control and he said no sir we don't I, I mean so so they're hiding it from the american people they're lying to the american people when was the last time you heard the secretary say that they've had over 1500 dead migrants recovered he's never talked about it when did when did he talk about the number of migrants now that have been thrust in, into the life of trafficking he's never mentioned it he's never given a number because he doesn't know because the numbers are so overwhelming he has no idea with respect to the amount of tragedies but we've just listed specific ones again your listeners 53 dead migrants in the back of a tractor trailer of asphyxiation we talked about 29 that just died in overcrowded facilities in mexico because they were tired of waiting the one-year-old the, the, again the women and children are raped but sexually assaulted i mean George, it just is so frustrating. When is enough is enough? I, I just don't get why this country isn't standing up and saying this isn't working. We've got to, to administer policies that, that act as a deterrence to reduce this and actually put a dent in the profit of the cartels. Oh, by the way, one last thing real quick. How about we make the same agreement with the governor of Mexico that Biden just did with our partners to the north? How about uh -huh. that? <laughs> really, uh, you know, one an, another issue that uh, I'd like your to, your your input on is um, it, it, the state of Texas is uh, proposing some uh, legislation uh, that uh, is being criticized because, first of all, they claim that we're going to create our own border patrol, and uh, secondly, that we're going to um, be uh, that the, the legislation would uh, allow for the uh, deportation or exiting of uh, illegal aliens as well as uh, uh, considerate criminal trespassing. Um, we've got uh, a lot of folks who are very, very upset, but at the same time, uh, we just don't see Mayorkas and the federal government doing anything to stop this this uh that's exactly mess. yeah george that, that's exactly right look governor abbott and other governors like uh you know governor DeSantis have really been on the front lines of this but especially governor abbott here's where we're at we're, and this is why I, I say what's going on is, is a national security crisis it's a border security crisis it's a humanitarian crisis and it's a constitutional crisis it's all of those crises wrapped up in one why do i say it's a constitutional crisis it's very clear the constitution lays it out that the federal government is responsible for protecting our border and preventing bad things and bad people from coming in threatening uh, every state in this country. And when that 
that that government, our government fails to, to meet that mandate, that constitutional responsibility. The Constitution also says the states have a self-help remedy. They can step up and protect themselves. That's exactly what the state of Texas is trying to do. That's what Governor Abbott is trying to do. In the absence of the political will, courage, and strength of this government to protect our nation, Governor Abbott is going to stand up and say, I'm going to protect the citizens of Texas. It's that simple because, look, you can't separate what's happening on our southwest border from the safety and security of our nation. The, the, the fact is, when you have millions, millions of illegal aliens pouring across our border, our system is overwhelmed. Border Patrol agents are pulled off the line to process and release illegal aliens. Cartels gain exponentially increase their, their operation control so that drugs and bad things and bad people are pouring in, into the nation. It's that simple. I mean, look, we, we, there's another thing we don't talk about either, is that when you have agents, less agents on the line because of policies that are incentivizing illegal immigrants, you have an increase of gotaways. Right now, in the first 25 months, 1.7 million total gotaways, and I think that's an underestimate. Well, guess what? Guess, guess who's among those 1.7 million gotaways? Murders, rapists, pedophiles, aggravated felons, gang members, all making their way in the state of Texas and then through Texas into every state in this country. I, again, I just don't understand it, so I applaud Governor Abbott for everything he's trying to do. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to ask you. We um, have read uh, in our local uh, news that uh, a Texas uh, congressman uh, is holding up the, um, yes. the efforts to uh, address the problem, uh, to push a, uh, some legislative action. Uh, why, I mean, what would motivate people to continue to allow this type of mess in, in their backyards? Hey, that's the question. And the only only logical conclusion you can draw is why would anybody, why would anybody in government develop and allow and implement policies that jeopardizes our safety and national security? It's all about power and politics. So look, I, I don't know the specifics of Tony Gonzalez, but I know he's on the wrong side of this. This isn't just a disagreement of policy. This man is lying about, for example, what Chip Roy's HR 29 does. It doesn't prevent asylum. What it may, mandates is the secretary enforce the rule of law and the laws on the books by either detaining people as the law requires and if you don't have the ability to do that, you remove them until you have the ability to detain them. That's it. No one's being denied asylum. It's just simply enforcing the rule of law to protect our nation. And here's what I would like Tony Gonzalez to say to the parents of, of, of victims of illegal aliens. It, it, in, from 2011 to 2022, 261,000 illegal aliens committed 433,000 crimes, including 800 homicides, 800 kidnappings, and over 5,000 assaults. Guess what? The, the, the mic drop here is that was in the state of Texas alone. So I want to defy anybody who, who's pushing back against what Governor Abbott is trying to do. And we all should be joining together to push back on Tony Gonzalez. I would like him to stand in front of any of the victims of an illegal alien that killed their loved ones and tell us why he's trying to block effective border security legislation from getting to the floor. It's for a vote. Yep. Oh, I, I couldn't phrase it better. Mark, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Uh, I appreciate it tremendously. Uh, let the folks know uh, how they can follow you and where they can uh, support, uh, how they can support FAIR. Yeah, fairus.org. Again, it's a, it's, a, it's a great organization. You can go there, get educated, get aware of the truth, facts, and reality. Stop listening to the politicians. Stop listening to mainstream TV. Go out and get yourself educated. Don't let ideology and politics run the narrative. Make sure the facts, truth, and reality do. <laughs> Thank you very much. Folks, we've been listening. We've been talking with our good friend, Mark Morgan, the former director uh, for Customs Border Protection. And, Mark, thank you very much. You stay safe, and we'll get you back on soon again. Soon again. You bet. Thanks, George. Bye-bye. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Miss uh, Bethany Blakely, Blankley, rather. And uh, Bethany writes for Center Square, uh, the Center Square. Uh, and uh, she is an independent writer. And she just wrote a very, very, did a, a very alarming report uh, regarding terrorists coming into the United States. Uh, on top of that, um, 
she attended a recent uh, a recent press conference held by uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott regarding that very issue. And I wanted to get her on to chat and tell us more about this. Bethany, thank you very, very much for taking time to be with us. Tell us about both your articles and, and uh, what you have found, what's your research, what you've written about. Well, on Saturday, the governor was in Houston meeting with Border Patrol agents from all over the country at a National Border Patrol Council annual meeting. And so he gave a talk and encouraged them that Texas have their back and they're discouraged to know they're not alone because they're all demoralized by Biden administration policies. And he also um, brought up the fact that um, a record number of terrorists have been apprehended so far. And he brought up a good point, which is what everybody in the room knew, which is that these are only the ones that were caught. And he said, if you're on the terrorist watch list, you're paying a whole lot more money to not be caught, meaning the threat is far greater because the known terrorists uh, on the list have likely illegally injured who haven't been caught. And so that's something the Border Patrol agents also tell me all the time with Godaway numbers. Uh, the people who are coming in between ports of entry, evading law enforcement, um, you know, the numbers are only what people actually report. And what they report is based on what they see. So the numbers don't tell the whole story because they don't include those who are not seen or re and not reported. And because they're being pulled from the line, they can't actually go out and uh, track down and cut sign and um, figure out um, from footprints and other, other indicators that they look for to find out how many people have come through, which gives them an idea of a ballpark of how many people they're missing uh, that are coming through. And so what I found to be interesting was that in the February CBP data, um, they, for the first time, broke down the numbers for ports of entry and between ports of entry, and then they included northern border and southern border. So historically, they've only ever done, um, they will do northern border and southern border, but historically they've ever only ever reported what we believe are um, the ones that are in between ports of entry. And so what I noticed in the report was, and so for the first three fiscal months of for the first three months of fiscal 23, we had reported in January, there were 38 known or suspected terrorists on the watch list. But when I looked at the new data that they reported in February, because I don't believe, they were not, they were not publicly reporting this before and they weren't differentiating. And the data showed that the number was a minimum of 10 times higher now. So in fiscal year through February, they apprehended 70 uh, known suspected terrorists between ports of entry at the southern border and the northern border. So that's up from the 38, which we had reported in January. But a new data showed that there were 214 known suspected terrorists at ports of entry, and the majority of them, 176, were apprehended in the northern border coming in from Canada. So when you look at the combined fiscal numbers through February, agents apprehended 284 known suspected terrorists, and the majority of them were apprehended at the northern border. Now, these known suspected terrorists, uh, where are they coming from? What countries uh, are they coming from? Well, they haven't um, specified that, but from what I've been told, you know, it's um, a range of different countries, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, uh, Russia, Uzbekistan, um, and I maybe believe Pakistan. Um, but the, they are people who are on the terrorist screening data set and, um, and on a federal uh, watch list. And so they, CDP defines the terrorist screening data set as a database that includes known or suspected terrorists that has evolved. So the list has evolved over the last decade to include additional individuals who represent a potential threat to the United States. And those include known affiliates of watchlisted individuals. So as I'm sure you know, and maybe some other people don't know this, but when you drive through Border Patrol checkpoints, no matter where you are on the border in Texas, there are these big signs next to the checkpoint with people's pictures and mugshots, and it will show like their top 10 most wanted. And so you'll see that throughout Texas at checkpoints. So to be on the lookout for these individuals that are some of the most dangerous people on the planet. 
so um and so that that is um that's kind of the situation and so you know obviously these numbers are are astronomical compared to what they were in in the in previous years and previous administrations so just just an estimated figure uh, of the gotaways estimating the figure based on gotaways how many known uh terrorists uh do they do they think have gotten in i mean just a ballpark well the ones from the data set that were reported was um right now it's at 284 and in fiscal 22 it was 313 Whoa. so we're on track we're on track to surpass what it was in fiscal 2022 and those are the ones However, that were caught right those are the ones, those that, are were the ones that are caught that's right. correct but you're asking how many of the gotaways are known to yeah just an, estimate. That. just an estimate just yeah, an nobody knows i mean that was governor abbott's whole point is we don't know and he said he said on Saturday, who do we have in our country from these terrorist-based countries and what are their intentions and what are they doing? And he said, no one knows. And the president's doing nothing about it. And he said, there needs to be a sense of urgency to stop the danger that's being posed to our country. It, it, so, you know, it's, I think it's either 1.2 or 1.5 million got away so far. And so even if you said 1% or 5%, that's still an astronomical number. It is, and and we don't know where they are. And if you think about it, because uh, I used to, I lived in New York City. Um, I was, I should have been there, but I was not there on nine eleven. Uh, my office was two blocks south of the World Trade Center. But if you look at where the highest number of people coming in is in the Swanton sector, which is northern New York and Vermont, and that's only a few hours from New York. Yep. So you're looking at. People, the majority of them are coming in from Canada. The majority are coming in at the northern border. So they're coming into the major cities in the north. They could be in Chicago. They could be in New York City. They could be in Boston. So when you think about the terrorist attacks of where they have happened, you think of New York City, you think of Boston. Um, and that's not to say that there couldn't be other terrorist attacks in other cities and other states. But, um, you know, it's... Um, it's a serious concern and the other thing that's happening is just the record number of people that are coming in the cartels are flying them into canada and then they're coming across the northern border because we do not have the staff in the north that we do in the south yep yep that's that's true and even if they are caught they are paroled (laughs) well not well not if they're terrorists well yeah not if they're terrorists but uh, under no the other ones are incredible Incredible. So, um, what uh, what can we? I mean, what can we expect from this administration at this point? I mean, we've got balloons flying over, we've got uh, China rattling its saber along with with Russia, and then we've got these terrorists coming in. I mean, what do we expect from this administration? More of the same. <laughs> I guess. I guess. And you have people like Governor Abbott and these guys working for the Border Patrol who um, keep doing their job every day to deal with a crisis that they didn't make. And one of the things that I found to be um, that Border Patrol agents told me to be encouraging was Governor Abbott shared um experience of how he became paralyzed a lot of people see him on tv they're not from texas and they see him sitting in front of the camera they have no clue that he's in a wheelchair and so you know he was a 26 year old law student a massive oak tree fell on him when he was jogging and crushed his spine and he never would be able to walk again and he talked about how this is a life-altering event and so when you're you have you're 26 years old you have plans for your life um, you're engaged, you're happily married, you have your whole law career and everything in front of you, and then a random thing of an oak tree falls on you and you are paralyzed. So you could be, you could feel helpless, you could be angry, you could give up, you could stay into bed, you could depend on the government for the rest of your life. And he said he was not going to let that challenge define who he was. And he said that we are defined by how we respond to challenges. And so he said that Americans face enormous challenges to secure the border, 
and we could give up and we could quit and we could do nothing and we could rely on other governments to secure our border. We could feel helpless and we could, you know, but he said, or we can refuse to allow the United States of America to be defined by the challenges we face at the border. And the reason why we are refusing to do that is because the Border Patrol agents um, are embracing that challenge and, you know, stepping up to to do what Americans do, which is to defend the homeland, even though they don't have a boss who does that. Amazing. That is really, really true. Bethany, we're going to need to let you go, but tell people where they can follow you and how they can uh, read your articles. You can um, sign up for the Texas newsletter at thecentersquare.com. Uh, I have a landing page on a website, bethanyblankley.com, which just has my bio and a way to reach me for news stories. And then I'm on Twitter, so it's at bethanyblankley.com. And that's Beth, A-N-Y, blank, L-E-Y. You got it. Thank you very, very much for, for uh, uh, giving us more information and reporting this uh, very, very distressing news that we uh, keep. I mean, uh, we just try to get some positive news to folks, but this administration makes it very, very difficult. Bethany Blank, Blankley, folks, talking to us from uh, Center Square. And uh, thank you very much, Bethany. We will, we will get you on the show again soon. Thanks so much. Once again, George Rodriguez and Conservador talking to you from San Antonio. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez and Conservador talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Todd uh, is an author and reporter uh, on the border. He is a regular guest. And I wanted to get him on because um, the past uh, week, there have been two separate um, incidents of, uh, of migrants dying on the Texas side. Uh, and most recently on uh, Tuesday or Monday night uh, in Juarez, Mexico, a... Um, Migrant who was frustrated that he wasn't getting across the border fast enough, apparently set fire to a migrant center, a dormitory in uh, Juarez, uh, killing 39 uh, migrants in uh, in Mexico. Uh, all of this uh, indicative of the uh, failed policies of the uh, Biden administration. So, um, Todd, welcome to the show. Give us an update of what is going on on the border from your perspective. Right. Well, remember that the the border crisis has changed. It's shapeshifted to uh, CBP-1, humanitarian parole. That has changed everything down on the border. No longer are we seeing uh, you know huge numbers of people just crossing and giving themselves up for processing because all of the processing or a lot of the processing is happening over in Mexico on the Mexican side to get in on humanitarian parole and to be legalized before they come through. Uh, this has given a, a given way to long wait times, people coming in and having to wait for their date to, to uh, get humanitarian parole. And that's appears to be what's behind them, the fire in Juarez where people are just frustrated. They're waiting in these shelters for you know, three, two, three months, whereas they used to be able to just cross the border and uh, get in that way. Uh, the Biden administration's making them wait. And it looks like in this case, maybe uh, one of the migrants who was frustrated about it set fire to uh, the shelter and killed 39 people. Uh, none of this, of course, would be happening if there were policies in place that made migrants stay home, that they never came to Mexico at all for any enticing reason, for any incentivized reason like humanitarian parole giveaways uh, or humanitarian parole giveaways when people cross the border. Those are the policies that draw people out of their homes, out of their villages to go for it and die in the process 
And in that way, this is the fault of policies out of Washington that are not well thought through. Okay, incredible. Then, then there are those that are still, uh, because they don't qualify apparently for this parole, who are still trying to get through because, well, because they can. In many, many cases, they can get through. The number of gotaways uh, continues to increase. And so they take chances and they end up in tragic situations like these uh, folks uh, who died in boxcars or uh, children who are being found uh, walking around the um, uh, the uh, edge of the Rio Grande on the on the uh, uh, at the river at the edge of the river and uh, with a name ta- taped to their clothes as to how they can get um, uh, reunified with their families. I mean, you still have all of these folks. Uh, well, no, well, not also to mention not, not to mention the the uh, car chases with illegals in it. You still have those happening, don't you? Right. Well, and you make a great point that, you know, people who are not inclined to wait for the CBP parole uh, or who don't qualify are going to just run for it. And so we are seeing uh, what appears to be an uptick or an increase in runners. And when you have that sort of thing happening, you're going to have death. Uh, so, and, and, and the other problem with the Biden administration's policy of uh, incentivization rather than deterrence, bringing people out of their villages to go for it, is that they, they, the administration ended deportation in the American interior. And I mean abolished ICE and has ended almost all deportation. It's all down 70, 80, 90 percent in every category including criminal aliens. So people know that if they can just get past Border Patrol into the interior, they're home free. That's powerful, powerful voodoo. So um, that is drawing people who can't qualify for or don't want to wait in the lines uh, to just go for it. And if they get through, they're in. Nobody's ever going to come get them. Right. Now, you recently wrote an article in in Town Hall uh, tell us about that. Well, I've been talking about CBP-1 here, humanitarian parole. This is the new face of the Biden border crisis. Uh, it's it's uh, a process that is not seeable or viewable or visible. Uh, it has reduced the uh, some of the crazy give-up traffic along the border. You used to see on Fox News drone footage. that's largely gone now. But in its place is an underground pipeline that the administration has built, bringing just as many people in, but just under questionable legal uh, status. Uh, But so what what, what I'm pointing out is in that piece is that eight congressmen and women have demanded the, the, the administration provide the statistics on all of that, how many people are coming through the pipeline and where, when, and how, and what nationalities, <clears throat> the total picture of what these policies are doing. And I, I laud them for seeking information about this because the administration is taking these victory laps about, oh, look what we've done. We've got the border under control. The numbers are declining. Uh, it was 128,000 last month 128,000 the month before compared to 220,000 and 200 plus thousand for all of the last couple years so uh, what we what we have is the same number of people are still coming through I suspect we just they, they're hiding the statistics of how many are getting they're letting in the other way and so uh, I'm just pointing out and I published the letter uh, the demand letter for the statistics that would give the American people a full accounting of what's really happening. So, I mean, bottom line is that they're playing, uh, they're playing word games or, or definitions again, defining, redefining uh, what illegal is, what an undocumented is, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, while the border is just basically just open to anybody coming in. Yeah. They're just, it's just open in, in different ways. And they say it out loud. I mean, 
the administration's official policy is to create legal pathways for safe, orderly, and humane migration, not to end it or to deter it or to stop anything, <laughs> but, to create it. But, to, but to create it and en- enhance it and facilitate it. It's their official policy. Enhancement and facilitation is the official policy of an executive branch of the United States government for the first time ever. Incredible. And they say it out loud. Incredible. The uh, uh, My understanding um, is that the number of foreign-born uh, people in the United States now has just gone through the roof, more so than ever before. The percentage is greater than any time uh, before. Is that true? Well, uh, the Center for Immigration Studies has a new report out uh, about this, uh, you know, where we estimate that the population growth uh, is, is tremendous, huge, from illegal immigration. It appears that it's mostly coming to the border. We're adding a few million people in the last 24 months. Uh, and also, you know, we're not deporting anymore. So there are more people are overstaying and the numbers are just going through the roof because this administration wants as much illegal immigration as possible. They don't care about about enforcing any of the laws. Uh, they have decoupled themselves for the first time ever in American history, as far as I know, from enforcing immigration law that, that are on the books. They don't do it. They don't want to do it. They say they don't want to do it, and they're not. So that's gonna that's going to result in a in a major increase in the immigration immigrant population in the United States. Oh wow! Uh, tell us before we let you go. Tell us about your book and where people can uh, can find it. Sure. The book is Overrun: How Joe Biden Unleashed the Greatest Border Crisis in U.S. History published last month so available in bookstores uh, or on Amazon or anywhere books are sold and it's the only book that is the definitive account of how we got this border crisis this sustained greatest border crisis in US history biggest numbers first evers of everything Uh, and uh, I I believe I am still the only uh, author to have written a book about this incredibly historic transformational event in American history. Yep. That's still on, it's still underway, but uh, this is the first two years of it, how we got here so far. We're not out of this yet, not by a long shot. Incredible, incredible. Folks, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies, regular guest, very, very informative, uh, and he's got a brand new book out. So, um, Todd, thank you very, very much for uh, chatting with us today. And uh, we'll get back with you for another update soon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. Armand Alzan. Alice Alazan. <laughs> Did I say it correctly, Ar- Armand? <laughs> yes, that is perfect, sir. That is perfect. Thank, Thank you. you very much. And he's calling us, folks, all the way from Finland. I wanted to chat with him. He's been on our show before. Uh, I wanted to chat with him because they, in, in Finland, Finland is seeing the results of some uh, very, very disturbing situations due to open borders. Uh, They are particularly seeing it in their next-door neighbor, Sweden. Um, Armand, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Please uh, talk to us. Tell us what what has happened. Thank you, sir. Thank you, George, so much for having me on on your show. And uh, good day to to, to, uh, everyone who's listening. Um, yeah, the, the discussion is very, very heated right now. Uh, we're just under the elections here in Finland. And we've had uh, uh, basically a left-wing government for the past years. 
and, and also a discussion on immigration and open borders and, and uh, the refugee situation in Finland is very heated right now uh, because there has been a lot of uh, effects that, that people have been seeing uh, in our neighboring country in Sweden. And the situation there is just uh, co- completely out of hand right now. And, and uh, that's why the, situ- the, the discussion is very heated in Finland. And now under the election, uh, it's going to be on Sunday, but, uh, but everything is very heated and all the polls show that the right uh, or conservative parties are, are taking a rise and, and uh, probably because of the, the situation the economy has been handled and, and a lot of discussion about, uh, about the, the open borders or, or immigration and, and Sweden, etc., etc. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, a problem of, of course, one, one thing, uh, Scandinavia has always been open to helping people uh, doing humanitarian aid. Uh, but there has been problems in in helping people or refugees or immigrants uh, to settle down in in the country, to learn the language, to to get un, uh, to get employment and get education. So those are a lot of problems that that have slowly built up in, into a, a situation where, but of course you can you can understand by by your situation over there that uh, that when people are coming to your country, it, uh, it's of course great to be able to help people who really are in need of help, but while that is happening, it will also be extremely difficult to monitor the people's, everybody's background, to be able to check and track uh, where they come from, what their history is, is there anything to be worried about, are there any connections to be worried about, is there any history that, that can be alarming? So, so this is one problem. Uh, one problem is, is that people don't learn the language. They're not taught the language. The, the immigration system doesn't ha- support the people that come in uh, to be able to, to get their feet on the ground, be able to uh, start from scratch and, and build something new. So, so if, you, if you don't learn the language, if you... Uh, don't get an education if you don't get a job then then of course that will lead to a, a thousand different problems and a thousand different things that that will go wrong in in the future and you know depression being left alone we have areas where the majority of people are from a certain ethnic background and and you know people don't speak for example Swedish in those areas it's, it's just some other uh, language from from some other country, and, and of course this means that that gangs will form. Uh, that that's one problem that Finland, uh, Sweden has had, and that's one problem that Finland is uh, starting to have also with a lot of youth gangs that are forming right now. It's something that uh, the, the, a lot of politicians and a lot of even even people in the police force were, were trying to close their eyes to and even deny that it exists. And now they have to talk about it because it's everywhere and everybody's talking about it. And there's uh, a lot of crime going uh, going around this. And for example, in, in Sweden, which was maybe 20 years ago, one of the safest countries in the world, uh, just a year or two ago, was the, the gun capital of Europe. So, so it's and a lot of a lot of the guns are uh, are drug crime related uh, from the Western Balkan countries. And there's a lot of lot of gang, uh, for, for for a lot of yeah, different gangs formed there. Uh, there are, there are places where where almost like no go zones uh, that that even even the police don't want to go to unless they have to go, etc. etc. And this is this is something that's very heated right now in Finland also because because there are many who believe strongly that this is the direction that Finland is going to go to if, if nothing is done about this. We have uh, we had seen in uh, in uh, uh, Britain, in Great Britain, uh, in England, um, this problem similar to this with their yeah. with their immigration issues. Um, they uh, they had also they have also. Uh, areas that are no-go zones and places where, uh, if a woman 
uh, is not properly attired, she is attacked. Uh, or if you do not uh, obey a religious uh, view, uh, you are attacked and chased down. Um, is that still going on in your in in um, in England? To your knowledge, uh, in England, definitely yes, and uh, also in in Sweden and Scandinavian countries, there there, there has all uh, already been reports of, for example, honor killings or honor honor uh, violent crimes, uh, which means that if a, a daughter of a family does not comply with the with the religious dogma. Uh, of the family or she does she dresses inappropriately or, or does anything or says anything that uh, doesn't support uh, the family's religious views then then that that would mean uh, very dramatic dramatic uh, things that could happen happen to that uh, that that uh, that young lady or her friends or or maybe somebody who who she's seeing uh, it, it can be some. It can be even be something that uh, a, girl, a girl from a certain certain ethnic background is, is being maybe a native uh, Swedish boy. Uh, that can even happen here in Finland, and, and the family will definitely not approve of this to have uh, to have any kind of you know mixture of, of relationships, of cultures, or religions. And there's al- al- already been uh, reports of, of honor killings. Uh, that that somebody from the family or a girl in a, in a family has been killed by her own relatives because of of bringing shame, so to say, to the family name. Wow, wow! You know, again, the the issue of assimilation, the the issue of adopting or adapting to your new country, to your new culture and language, um, that is something that has gone on for a long, long time. Uh, here in South Texas between uh, among Mexican Americans uh, Mexican Americans yeah. have uh, have for for a long time because Mexico is right next door retained their culture and their language however yeah. uh, like in my family's uh, case we knew that we were Americans and we had to speak the language and be American and we are very proud of being American yeah. That that idea of of adapting adopting your new culture, adopting your new country, uh, these folks it doesn't sound like they want to do that. Yeah, a, a lot of them don't want to do this, and, and I personally don't understand this because because I believe uh, that that uh, that. You know, uh, there, there's there's value in in all cultures, and and you can adopt to other cultures, and you can respect other cultures, and and you know, it doesn't mean that if you go somewhere else that you cannot adopt anything from that that country, and that you have to try to make them go by your rules instead of understanding that maybe you're a guest there, or or you're beginning a new life in a, in a new world that has its own rules and, and I think that's something that, that should be respected so for me personally it's difficult to understand why why some people don't want to uh, respect that when, when they go into another culture or, or move somewhere else and, and this is being seen everywhere it's, it's, and it's kind of absurd I, I like to think of these kind of things as, as grassroots uh, you know kind of thinking that, that if, if you go to somebody's house you're a guest in somebody's house you don't act the way you do in your own house, right? Necessarily, but yeah. Yes. So, I mean, I think this, all, all of this is just like common sense to me. But but there's for some reason it's it's not accepted from all all people, and and that sets a lot of problems. And, and for me, it's really difficult to understand because because to me, it's just common sense that you know it's it's just basic good behavior. Right. I, would, I would say it's the way my, it's the way my mom t- taught me to, to behave yes. when I go to somebody else's house. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, yeah. that's that's true. That's true. Let yeah. me ask you, Armand, real quick. We've we've only got a, a minute or so left, but let me ask you real quick. Yeah. So, uh, it, this situation is is the result of just being too too liberal with your with your immigration policy. Uh, yeah. So, do you think that uh, there is going to be a backlash and and things may may change? 
I, I don't know how th uh, things may change. That that would be difficult to say. But definitely there will be a backlash because for, uh, when something like this goes on for long enough, there will always be uh, there will always be a strong reaction because this I think this is how nature works. This is the way it's gonna it's gonna be. If if, if something goes on for too long, then there's going to be a, a, a an force that will be against it and it will balance things. Yes, that's, that's just the way. That's just the way unit the universe works. Right, and it, it's gonna go one way for for a while until something comes and stops it. That's, I think that's just inevitable. You got it. My friend, thank you very, very much. Folks, we've, we've got Mr. Arman Alizad, who is talking to us all the way from Finland, a very noted documentary uh, producer. He is going to be here in Texas uh, in a month or so. And uh, we thank you, Arman, for taking time to be with us. You be safe, and we will see you soon in Texas. Thank you so much, sir. See you soon, George. Once See you. You got it. Fun. Thank <laughs> you. Once Bye. again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you in from San Antonio. Folks, once again, let me thank you for jo joining us today and supporting us. I hope that you will continue to uh, tell your friends about our program. I hope that you will invite um, yours truly to come speak to your groups. Uh, we uh, are dealing with a lot of stuff. You need to know what's happening with the second phase of the uh, border crisis. That is the impact that all these illegal aliens are having on your communities, whether you know it or not. How they are impacting on your taxes, how they are impacting on the quality of life in your community. Also, uh, I want to encourage you to check out uh, my book, El Conservador Conservative Opinions, available online. You can check it uh, at, uh, you can purchase it online at uh, Amazon or uh, any other book uh, seller. And uh, it would really, really help. Finally, we are always looking for sponsors. We are always looking for support uh, and uh, for our show. Um, we, uh, we have a lot of folks who are afraid, a lot of companies who are afraid to uh, be canceled because uh, they support us. So uh, we uh, also have a 501c3, how you can uh, support us. So, uh, my friends, once again, thank you very, very much for tuning in today. Tune in next week, and we will have another Slam Bang show for you. Until next time, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.